Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. 10 years and still going strong. Everybody's a suspect! You're listening to Rabbit and Red. Robert Shaw was a tough motherfucker. Right. They don't make that angry. He wanted to punch Richard Dreyfus on the set he couldn't stand because he's a pussy. Fuck you. God damn you. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. And I know that you like Jason Takes Manhattan, but my question to you is why? Okay, hey, pal. Okay, you're gonna tell me Halloween. You know what makes me mad about you, Mike? I'm gonna What's tell that? you one day. Yeah. You know what makes me mad? The Halloween Six. Halloween Thing yeah. Six is your favorite movie. It but certainly you think is. Jason Part Eight. But you think Jason Part Eight sucks? Yeah. Are you joking? Jason belongs in hell. I'm gonna see he gets there. We have such sights to show you. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. And welcome back to Rabbit and Red Radio. You're saying people weren't clicking on and listening to my show to hear me talk? They just wanted to hear them? What fucking assholes, man? I know. And I'm, gu- <laughs> I'm guilty of that, too, because I'll click on it and I'll be like, Ooh, Ted fucking Ted Rigby's on this show. The blackest eyes. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. The devil's eyes. This is a huge honor for me. Uh-oh, too much pressure. <laughs> I'm gonna disappoint you now. I've been blown up! Take me to the hospital! Take me to the hospital, I'm sick! I'm sure that shit is what we can do. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. And now, here's your hosts, Michael J. and Cody Robinson. Go ahead, the, the music is, is going. Or you're... I don't well, hear you. You're, you're, you're not gonna hear it tonight, Cody. That's right. What me? Just, just tend it's there. <laughs> just wait, 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 wait. Just, just pretend. Just like when it's fucking over. God damn it! You said what? Wait, what did you say? I said just, just lead us in when it's over. Yeah, yeah, lead us in. Lead. What usually happens? I do that anyway, don't I? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes. I, don't know. I mean, who knows? <laughs> don't, don't you fucking die on a sport. Yeah, show stop it. <laughs> Not tonight. I done missed the Dan Farron's interview. We're scribble Cody when we need him. <laughs> 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 Fuck the soundboards, man. Yes. 
No, I want the soundboard on this shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm uh, well, I'm Aaron Poe. If you can hear me over Michael dying, <laughs> I just I just sucked it back into my throat. <laughs> All right. That's Here's. it. I'm not even sticking around for the <laughs> fucking Dan Farrell's interview. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, goddamn. We got a show to do. If I must. Maybe. I don't know. Do what you want. Uh, all right. How are we going to start this off? <laughs> With all the chaos. <laughs> Welcome to the train wreck. Welcome to the train wreck. Or as we like to call it, Rabbit Red. Radio. Oh, Rabbit and Red. Yes. Welcome back, everybody. Well, well Cody. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. I think, you know, I'm feeling better now, but I think I'm still going to sit out that Dan Farron's interview. Uh, much yeah. I love the guy. I, I don't want to listen to Mike masturbate and cry at the same time. Uh, <laughs> Actually, Michael did. He did pretty good, man. He, he asked some good questions on there. So uh, you're telling me he actually spoke. Yeah, he did. I made him. I, I was like, and what do you now. think? Um, <laughs> Ten. You fucker! Years wait, listen to wait, this guy wait, podcast. Wait, 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 I have wait, never wait, wait. heard pause. him speak. Oh, pause. Hold up. Pause. Okay. What's up, pause. Pause. What's up? So wait, are you telling me that you said, "Do you have anything to say?" So that I would jump in there? <laughs> because did that did like vote me? That was like that's a brilliant piece of manipulation because like. <laughs> Scared shitless. He, I was literally scared shitless. He 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 was scared, but you asked some good questions, dude. You you you're too hard on yourself. Uh, I tell the, him that all the time. First, he is. Yeah, but the first thing I said was, "So the movie's coming out this Friday." I see yeah. that it's it's getting a DVD release. Is it coming out on Blu-ray too? Yeah, which is a, a legit question. Why isn't it gonna? That why isn't it getting a Blu-ray? That's why I didn't understand. That was weird. That's why I'm not buying not? it. I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> kind of a... Well, that's the last interview we'll have with that guy. <laughs> hey, third time's the charm. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah no, um, cool. he asked that in, in the news, like, and then um, you know, he said, Well, I don't know why it's not. I was like, <laughs> That's kind of weird because everything, you know. my fucking job. I just direct and write this. Yeah, thing. like, oh, oh, here, here's the film. Do what you want. No, um, but you know, like, you had the VHS, like, back in the day, kids that are listening, back in the day, they had the VHS released, and then DVD started being a big thing, so it was VHS and DVD. And then it was DVD and digital, then it was Blu-ray. So hey, I, I don't understand. a very... A very important. Oh, what what I forget? Missing link there. What, the what? HD DVD. Oh God! That's Do we right. have to relive that? <laughs> it, it was like it was. Hey, hey, we forgot Laserdisc too. 
Oh shit. Oh yeah. How can right. you forget Laserdisc? You know? Because and HD have DVD CD. was basically the new Laserdisc. Because you, a lot of times you remember the movies, it'd still be on two discs on HD DVD. Well, because yeah. HD DVD was a smaller capacity, I think um, mm-hmm. there was HD. Yeah, because there was a 15 gigabyte disc and a 30 gigabyte disc, I think. Whereas Blu ray is 25. Yeah, it. I don't know how they did it. I mean, 66 and 100. Hey, we're also forgetting Betamax, too, by the way. Yeah, that's. <laughs> A friend of mine uh, went to school with it. He had a Betamax. His parents gave it to him. He didn't buy it. (laughs) I ain't that old yet. My stepfather had one when I was a kid. Uh, And we had two movies. Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Munchies. Oh, my God. (laughs) I saw, yeah, I was that poor kid who saw Munchies before Gremlins. Yeah. (laughs) So by the time Gremlins comes along, I'm like, "What, what the fuck is this? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. Cody, I gotta give you the munch the, the munchy uh Blu-ray because it has much it's a double feature disc. Oh yeah. shit. Oh Mike, you could just send me a bunch of your gummies your cousin gives you, and then I'd probably have the munchies. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is I did take one before the interview this evening because I wanted to <laughs> I was so nervous. I wanted to just yes, yes, unwind. Hey, but and it can, gotta uh, make it. I have a rule. I have a rule though, not to do one like during a show or before a show. But I had to break that rule tonight. I just had to do it. So and you're go. gonna break your one but, rule. But sound you like didn't cr- you didn't <laughs> cry during the interview, did you? No, I don't know. No, I think didn't... I saw a tear. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. I, I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised, Aaron. I would not be a bit surprised. <laughs> I I was on the verge, um, but with all the technical stuff and all that crap, I, I just I, yeah, I, you know, I I I think that's I think that fucked with you a lot was that it was like the techno, you know, the technical difficulties. And all this crap that, you know, why can't just one thing be on everything? You know what I mean? Like, right. you got to do all this different stuff. So I, I commend you, though, man. You did a badass job. I mean, for what, what we have, I thought it was well, now, good. Now yeah, that you we pulled st- it together and made it happen. Because at first I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. I've had moments like that in the past, just not. It was even that one time I, I was telling um, Aaron about it, and I forgot what show it was, but it was the one where um, I forget who we were interviewing. It had to be the skeleton crew because Alex did all the editing on that show, and he made it a point to leave that in when the uh, agent broke in and was like, you have uh, two minutes left. where We're going to have to wrap this up in two minutes because was that, you're, was that you're the going. Was that the Danny Trejo interview? Who was that? Danny Trejo? I think it was. Oh was my it? god! Uh, you, yeah. Trejo, my Trejo. He was fucking awesome on there yeah. too. Because I mean, he Dude. was just like I you would expect yeah. Danny Trejo. I mean, he. 
he was shit talking. I mean, he didn't give a. I damn. would. I would love to talk to Danny Trejo because he knows where my. I know he knows where I grew up, and it's in Del Rio, Texas, and across the borders where they filmed Desperado. Oh yeah. So, oh my God, that'd be awesome to talk to him about that. He'll be like, "You're from down there." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was back in the day. When, oh, like, yeah. I was talking about back when, you know, if you had a podcast uh, that was even halfway, you know, if you had 10 episodes out, you, you could get A-listers. Yeah. Now you have to have like what, like trillions of fucking downloads. and uh, Or you got to be on a part of a major site like Blade Disgusting or something like that or got to be a, a big time celebrity yourself. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, those days are gone because, I mean, that was like the, like I said earlier, that was the that was pioneer the day of podcasts. Yeah. And uh, and I really miss miss that era because, I mean, it was so much fun back then. Like Shit. Besides the great, great interviews, it, it was something new and fresh. And everybody was excited about it because, uh, you know, it was a new frontier. Nobody knew where it was going to go. And yeah. then once everybody figured out that, you know, hey, well, you know, this is pretty much what it is. You know, we're going <laughs> to we're going to get on here and bullshit about have fun bullshitting about stuff that we like to bullshit about. And it's not going to be doing any great career. We're not going to have podcast, probably not going to have podcast on satellite radio or something like that. Then, yeah. You know, it, it, it lost its allure to a lot of people. But, you know, oddly enough. There's more people than ever podcasting now. Yeah, but then you also got the uh, factor that I think a lot of these shows are missing, and it, it's the the human factor where people are not putting on airs. You know, you, everybody comes out original. You know what I mean? It, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we're sitting on the you know your back porch out there, Cody, and we're just talking, and and, and I think a lot of people are drawn to that. I know I'm drawn to podcasts like that because I've listened to podcasts before. They're like, welcome to, you know, this is this, you know, horror slasher podcast. And they're talking a certain way. It's like, that's not how you fucking talk, man. I know that. I know what you mean, man. It just sounds, you know, that that generic, people go so hard for that, uh, you know, they want to sound like everybody else. They want to have that radio radio guy. Yeah. Yeah. and, And that's not what, I don't, I don't think that's what, most people get uh, listen to podcasts for. Mm-mm. Well, that's that, but that's just me. I mean, some people might prefer the fake shit, but me, I, when I look for a show that that draws me in, I look for something that hey, I, I could relate to that guy, or you know, I could have a beer with that dude, or you know, whatever. You know, I could hang out with that person. You know, and and they make it interesting, and then they talk about you know pretty cool shit. You know, sometimes, but. When they when they start with the fake stuff, I I, I would love to name drop some, but <laughs> I don't want to. There's one that's very popular, and I don't. Uh, huh? I name drop. That's fine. Oh, you name you drop. Want, oh, I name drop Mike all the will time. Name drop. Name drop. He will. Oh name no. Uh, okay. Well, um, I got introduced to Dead Meat podcast, and that guy is just uh, he comes off as fake as shit to me. I, I don't know why he he's very beloved and he might be a cool dude, but I don't like his material. He comes off too fake to me. Well, I, I think a lot of what it is. Uh, I mean, whenever I started doing this, Mike was nice enough to ask me to jump on rabbit and red with him. And, uh, 
and pick it up where so many great other hosts had left off. Uh, you know, I went into my number one priority was I'm going to go in here and have fun. Yeah. You know, I already knew Mike. I knew Mike a lot better than he knew me from listening to listening to him for years. And I, I knew a lot of our taste in film were very uh, closely aligned. And, and the one where they weren't, I knew that would be fun to discuss too. And, yeah. you know, I just thought, hey, we're going to come on here. We're going to have a good time. Talk about movies. Just like, you know, I talked to him just like I would any of my other friends about uh, about movies and the things I like. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's that genuine factor, I think, that is, is really lost a lot in radio, like you were talking about. Yeah, and sure. And I think people can really relate to that. Oh, I agree. 100%. Yeah, definitely. So what you got, Mike? What, what, do you, what, do you, what are you excited about? I know you, uh, what are you watching or what are you wanting to watch or what are you excited that's coming out? We already covered this, Aaron. He might oh, not watch anything besides fucking Leave It to Beaver and Father I, Knows Best. That's not the bad. That's it. I got, I got to tell you. He's been his. watching it for 20 years. That's all he watched. <laughs> for the first time today in about, say, about a week, I was able yeah. to watch both Leave it to Beavers and both Father Knows Best. I fucking yeah. told you. I fucking told you. <laughs> I love it, I was, though. Throwing some gun six. smoke. He, he, no, no, no. He will not watch a movie or a, a television series for the show. Oh, ever? I, well, this I, is I interesting. Watch, no, he I'm will watch fucking Father Knows Best and Leave It to Beaver <laughs> every day, like clockwork. That's awesome. In, in, in defense, and I'm think um, James is 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 watching the show, and if he is, I'm sorry, James. Um, I'll have to try it again. But I did try to watch Jason Rising this afternoon. Okay. Um, I, by about, oh, I guess, uh, I want to say after they put Jason back, I guess, did they bury him? Is that why they were throwing dirt on him or digging him up or something? Yeah, Cody? it's it, it, like he had said in the interview, if you, you would have been paying attention, Mike, it was, I was a trying to sequel yes. to part four. It picks up I right after the event for part four. Okay. okay. Oh, no. I, yeah, they, I heard in the movie they talked about the Jarvis house and the Jarvises and all. And then, see, here's my problem. I thought they were overkilling the whole Jarvis thing talk. Just, you know, advance us past that. And um, I didn't like the. That's the all they mentioned. So-called... They, they make brief mention of it in the opening of the film was, just to set it up. It was, by... it was too long. It was, <laughs> it was too long. The opening take—it it does take a little while to get going. It's it does. Too long. But it's it's like and then one, then these people go into the woods, and, and they're doing all this stuff. It's like I didn't even believe they were in Crystal Lake because if it's supposed to be a sequel to Part Four, it didn't look like anything like Part Four. I didn't see the Jarvis house. I was not happy about that. I figured they should have recreated it. I mean, if you're a fan. And you're making all this money through crowdfunding, recreate the, the places, build a model, and just zoom up on it really tight, and it'll look like a real house. 
That's what I want. And see that, and that, that's see? the, that's the thing with, uh, <clears throat> with these, these fan films is that, why is he covering his face? Look, not you, Mike. Mike. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, Mike. these the, these fan films, you know, we, they. Uh... We... What? <laughs> Peekaboo, I see you. What? That's too funny. <laughs> okay. So... And we, we've got time right now while Mike's dying. We have time for a coffee break or to go get another beer or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got my drink right here. I got it handy. Oh, what are we drinking tonight, sir? Is that uh, Michelob Ultra? Ultra. I'm taking it light. It's a Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, so <laughs> we'll hit the hard stuff later, later in the week. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah, but what were you saying, Aaron, about the the fan films before I oh, no. I so rudely interrupted you? No, 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 no. That's fine. Dude. It, it, it's all good. No, um, yeah, you're right. With the fan films, they try to, you know, they have the passion there and they want to do certain things. But like you were saying, like if you can't do a certain something, don't you know? If you can't do it, find a way to do it. And I know there's a budget and it's it's expensive, but. If you can't do it, then don't do it, you know. And um, there's people that, you know, like yourself, that pay attention to those finer details. Like, you're like, hey, if you're going to do this, you need to do it this way or don't do it at all. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I know that people try their best and everybody wants to do a uh, fan film or a slasher film. Which I would love to do that, too, because that's what I like, too. But it's just, it's it, it's very expensive to get it just right to where you make everybody happy but there are people out there they're gonna nitpick it and they will see it and they'll be like no this ain't well, this ain't worth my time yeah you're not gonna make everybody happy no you are. won't but I, I know what he's saying though i do know but, that uh, as as we get into <laughs> later on in the uh james sweet interview uh uh right now the great thing about friday the 13th fan films is the the quality just keeps getting better and better i mean you know i don't want to give away too much from the interview but uh one of the things we discussed with uh james is uh you know b really before never hike alone when you heard fan film you know you're always like uh you know <laughs> i i might watch it just because it's you know related to something i'm interested to but i'm probably going to be it's going to be painful but uh now we're we're getting keep getting more and more decent even good quality fan films especially in the friday the 13th uh universe and uh and that's one of the actually good things that have come out of the big friday the 13th the uh, rights lawsuit you know the fans are so passionate about it that we're getting good quality fan films and like you know jason rising mike you need to finish it finish it it, it takes a little while to get to uh, takes a little while to get going <laughs> but uh the 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 gore in it and the the special effects man mm -hmm. the sfx for what what they had to work with are i mean they're damn near on par with a friday the 13th film Damn, I need I need to check that one out. I do. Yeah, it it's definitely worth it. 
It's uh, it's executive produced by uh, oh shit, what's his name, Mike, the guy that did the uh, Never Hike Alone, Never Never Hike. Vince, the oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Damn it, whoever, Vincente, yeah. Vincente, and he co-wrote it too. And uh, I mean, let's see. Oh, but yeah, they get up to a fence or something. Yeah, where they're, they're going into the area of the camp. Yeah, and then there was like some black gentleman who was like saying something about the U.S. Marshal. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you just you you quit it as always, Mike. You quit right when it was getting good. And I oh, had a good. Um, <clears throat> I was the call and I was going. And I was feeling fucking good, and it just wow, wow. So, what were you wondering? Who directed uh, Jason Rising? No, no, we've got we've got him. On an interview later in the show. Oh, okay. No, what what you were saying? He did also cool never dude. hike alone, or uh, yeah, no, that, uh, he he co-wrote it with the guy. Oh, who did I got you. Okay, alone. my bad, my bad. Okay. Yeah, he co-wrote it with him, and that was. And I mean, I never, I didn't really like never hike alone all that much to begin with, for whatever reason. I enjoyed I maybe, the first part of it more than I do the second half. Once. Uh, much as I hate to say it, I, I enjoy it before it gets to Jason more than <laughs> once it does. <laughs> uh, and never hike in the snow. I mean, it was very well made. Never saw uh, that. Uh, it. <sighs> <laughs> he missed it, it. It wasn't. It was on Leave It to Beaver, so he, it, he didn't see that one. Thing I can, see that part. <laughs> one little criticism I have of both of those films Yo, is what you got? that. Uh, they take themselves a little too seriously for for a Friday Thirteenth film or a Friday Thirteenth fan film even. Huh. But uh, <clears throat> but Jason Rising doesn't do that. I mean, it's it it captures the whole. See, you Friday know, Thirteenth vibe. I would I would love to cover that. You know, you know that time of the season is upon us. We got one more month to go. Yes. And I would love to visit those movies, and I don't know if you want to do it on here, but I would love to visit those fan films, and we can talk more into it because I hadn't seen those yet. So, and then I think uh, what is it, Friday the Thirteenth, Roseblood will be out about that time. I yeah. think it'd be, I, I think to do it all justice, we could, you know what I mean? We can watch them, and I, I would go. love, and I've talked with Mike about this before. Yeah. I would love to do just a whole show on Friday Thirteenth fan films. Oh no, that I think that would be that would do him justice, you know. I think it would. So and, well, there's so many fucking one of them. Well, we'll have no, to strap them to the chair like like they did Mel Gibson on freaking uh, what is it, it conspiracy theory and tape his eyelids to his fucking I forehead. Can't be that fucking hard. He can barely walk. <laughs> exactly. See. <laughs> I'm gonna strap you to a chair and, and make you watch it. Uh, what is it? Uh, Clockwork Orange. The little things that open his eyes. Yeah, tape his eyes open. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to do that to to Mike Mikey J. We're gonna yeah. have to make you watch yes. it so you can be a part of this. God damn it! I mean, I I um I watched what the hell was that one that I watched? Vengeance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, was I like Vengeance. I like Vengeance. I mean, it was it was decent. You know, uh, the it's same just, dude uh, that plays uh, Jason and Jason Rising played Jason Vengeance too. Oh wow! Yeah, 
Yeah. He does a and great job, I too. That, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, Jason something. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was the one that fucking blew us off. That's right. Don't remind me. Oh, well, oh yeah, he did kinda, we'll get him. Oh, yeah, he, he we'll get him off. again. Yeah. No, I'll Explain fucking yourself, him. sir. No. <laughs> uh, Rob, our good buddy, Father Mahoney. Rob yes. Mahoney already explained it. Uh, oh. uh, he is friends with the guy, and uh, he said he had another interview on Zoom that had uh, Zoom. You've heard of Zoom, right, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of familiar with it after today. <laughs> but uh, he he was on another interview that went long. Oh, and uh, so that's why he didn't make it. Make ours. Well, maybe well, we'll have to. Yeah, maybe I'll actually have to reschedule him then at some point. Um, oh, what? Yeah, let's. Well, you got to remember my my disdain for some of these films comes from myself making thirty plus years of shit. Um, so, <laughs> Aaron, have you seen any of Mike's films by chance? Probably not. No, <laughs> no, I haven't. You have oh, thank films. God. Thank God. Oh, yes. Mike oh, is, no. I, Mike I've seen some bad films, films but I, many, I need to see these films. now. Can you share your uh, films, Mike? With me. I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be gentle. Uh, most me. of them are on YouTube. Uh, oh, they are? Oh, oh well. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> Look at it. He's like, shut up. Check, check, out, <laughs> his, yeah, check out his crown jewel, Camp Out Nightmare 6. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be available on Amazon and it sold an overwhelming negative yeah. one copies. <laughs> hey, you know what though? He went out and made something and he I, did. I, I, made, I give him credit. Make for something. That. He made Mike made a lot of films and he put a lot of love into them. Well, there you go. That's and, all you need. They're uh, dead. I'm trying to get him to do it again because I mean, we all need a good laugh. <laughs> well, I'm trying. No, seriously I'm though, I, I, uh, I've been pleading with I'm Mike for years to start making Mike films what, again. What do, you, what do you got, Mike? You want to say something? I have a legit. I have a legit script number one that I was gonna actually do whatever thing with that we're working on. Uh, draft number six right now and uh john rhodes is actually working because the facebook page doesn't get um an insane amount of uh, likes and stuff like that over the past or so so uh, the camp out nightmare reboot oh the nice. reboot, yes the reboot of a movie that i made when i was eight years old not even in existence. Yeah, he well. started. Yeah, can't just in case you're wondering. Camp Out Nightmare Six was not the first one. No, no. I, I I get it, but <laughs> you mean to tell me Camp Nightmare is out there somewhere, like in the abyss? Like you can't even see part one yet? <laughs> no, 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 you can't them. see. Yeah, you. What is it? Part on YouTube. There's part I four have, and part six. No, I have part I have, four. Just what do you got? Four. Three, four, five, and six are on YouTube. Um, okay. Part one, only the last five minutes are. And they think 
two. I mean, for 10 to 15 minutes of two, and that's it. Um, but uh, yeah, well, they were shot with like a little rinky dink Fisher Price camcorder that recorded so? video on audio. Oh my god! So that's why it's some <laughs> like black not and white. Not to mention Mike's, uh, not to mention Mike's Halloween fan film. Oh, yeah, I've heard about yeah. it on Tales from the Crypts. I've Michael heard about Myers this with the Hawaiian shorts. No, <laughs> that no, was I heard bad. You, uh, I heard you were Loomis. That's what I heard. <laughs> that's I was, I was his um. I was his his um. Um, protege, his I guess you could say. Protege, that's right. You weren't Loomis, you were his pro that's right. I, you were something with Loomis. Yeah. And I, I ended up being... Picks, though. I will give Mike this. It is, for some reason, oddly watchable. I gotta see this now. I, I Now that I'm part of this crazy family, I gotta see this. I don't know if it's like, just like watching... The, a train wreck. A tra train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you, Cripple Cody? When we need you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Last last episode, he mispronounced something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Netflix a clown. Not a clown. A clown. A clown. So stupid. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Cody. What, what are you saying? The, uh, Camp Out Nightmare Six. It it is a uh, a train wreck worth watching, though. It's, I, I, uh, I, dude, I, I'm all that. I'm all fun. in. It is a fun film. I mean, just just to see the creativity that Mike put into it. Oh shit! Yeah. At at such a young age, too. Well, how Man. older were you when you made Camp Out Nightmare Six, Mike? I don't remember. You were in your teens, right? Sixth one, I was. I was. Uh, I have ninety eight, so I was eighteen. And then, yeah, I was eighteen when I did it because, yeah, we did it from May of ninety eight through July thirty first of ninety eight. So yeah, I was eighteen. Awesome. Getting to see though the the rebirth of his. Uh, villain of the franchise thorn in an above ground pool and keep it in mind yeah and keep in mind that i came up with thorn in 1988 before halloween even oh wow my surprise when halloween came out was thorn so that was something that's something Heck yeah, dude. I gotta see this movie now. Yeah, just, just skip the six, though. Take my advice. No, no. I, I... <laughs> uh, you know what? Five, five is long. Yeah. <laughs> five is an hour and 12. Uh, five is an hour and 12 minutes. The other ones are only about three and four, are only about a half hour each. Oh, so. there you go. Actually, three is less than that, I think. I think three is only 18 minutes. Oh, we, damn. Need to start a we need to start a petition, Aaron. Uh, no. You watch it and tell me what you think. Well, we need to start a petition Okay. to get Camp Out Nightmare 6 on Joe Bob's last drive-in. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, for fuck's sake, they showed Hogzilla. They can yeah. show <laughs> Camp Out Nightmare 6. No, well, you know what? 
that's the thing. Now, there is going to be, you know, in October, that B-Movie TV shows yeah. a bunch of independent stuff. So we're going to have to get Camp Nightmare 6 on, on B-Movie TV in October. It's going to happen. I can make that happen. I want to I mean, see that happen. I'll, I'll make it happen. Don't dare me. I'll do it. I'll <laughs> do it anyway. I don't care. I should, Mikey I J will like be I should, the next I, Spielberg. I triple my cripple dog dare you. Cripple <laughs> 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 dog. <laughs> oh my god this oh, oh man that's that 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 hit it no but i i should say uh what working on from seeing kind of see because we're trying to get that i've been trying to get that made since like 2011 and that's why i see all these people doing these fan films and i mean i had people that were working with me in the in the philly you know the philadelphia independent film community and let me tell you and i've said it before on this show they are the worst group of people in philadelphia for independent films that i have ever ever come across and i have no because they left my film after working on it for two days and they said um we don't want to continue on this we don't see it making any money and we're going to go and do this um 21 day film festival instead where you make a movie in 21 days from that's stupid so, so, Mike, are you saying that, that they thought your film didn't had very weak legs to stand on? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Much like okay. For one, these people, what do they think that was this like Brad Pitt and George Clooney or something? Like these people are independent actors. Independent people don't make any money in any movies. They don't. No. It's very and rare. Very rare. This isn't. This isn't any of the actors. This was the people that were, you know shooting the film and all that stuff and uh oh dude, well then they know there's no money in it <laughs> that's what i'm saying and, dude, we literally only worked we literally only did two days so in those wow. two days we only really shot like two scenes okay and then they're gonna tell me from that that you're not gonna make anything and there's well, we'll have to show them. We'll have to show them. And that was the death. The, just from the footage I've seen of that, I mean, Mike had a actual actual professional SFX artist, uh, and you know, had some pretty good uh, gags that they shot in those two days. And I mean, I, I just can't, I, I can't imagine why they bailed on you because I mean. And, what what I saw the, the footage I saw looked you know for an independent film looked pretty damn good, dude. No, I'm, I'm no telling you, no with no budget. Yeah. So we're gonna anything I I post for now on is gonna have hashtag uh, Camp Nightmare, right? Camp Nightmare Six. Camp out Nightmare Six. Camp out Nightmare Six. I'm gonna I'm gonna Three, hashtag dude. that motherfucker. We're gonna Three. blow this up. We got this. I told Mike too. Now's the perfect time. I mean, it is. 
with all the eighties nostalgia. And I'm always a sucker. Personally, I'm always a well, sucker that's for any it's... camp uh camp horror movies. I yeah. mean you throw camp in the title and I'm there. Because I'm if a campy you... motherfucker. As as it's now, like the, the latest draft of the new movie. Um I mean it, it is like an eighties it's 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 designed. It's it's exactly like that. I've got it, Mike. I know how you can get funding for this. All right. How you can do your crowdfunding. I've already He's got, got it. planned out now. Ladies and gentlemen, listen up. Indiegogo or however you do it, whatever crowdfunding. The title will be Friday the thirteenth. Colon. Camp out nightmare. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> If anybody funds, if anybody funds that, we'll get you, we'll get you fifty grand. I guarantee. Damn, I'm done. It's it's ridiculous <laughs> to me. It really is ridiculous to me that some of these fan films and whatever make fifty grand. Um, I mean, I get you know what they're doing, but like, holy shit, you know. What on. was that one? I, I never can remember the name. He was supposed to be on the show too. The guy that was doing the '90s slasher, uh, and he got um, like Sean Phillips, bad 60 man, sixty grand, and it wasn't even a sequel to anything or, or a reboot or anything like that uh, of a fan. It was wasn't related to any franchise, is what I mean to say. Yeah, uh, and uh, Sean Phillips. Yeah, and he had uh, the way he got. He, he was auctioning off every role in the film. Wow. Yeah, and that's how he made all that money. And I heard that he's not fulfilling his perks now. Yeah, yeah that's what Rob was saying. Because, you know, Rob's father Mahoney's big into uh, the old uh, crap funding circuit. Yeah. Uh, it, and, yeah, if you want to get a film funded, you get a hold of Rob, uh, father. I'm going to, I need to get used to calling father Mahoney because he likes that. So, you gotta get you gotta get a hold of Father Mahoney. You, you, you need uh, probably, Aaron, what you need to do is to go uh, and learn the history of Father Mahoney by uh, what well, shit you can't find. Banana Laser's gone now. Horophilia, the Horophilia Network's gone. So yeah, I know. and nobody gave me those things, so I don't have it. The uh, the history of Father Mahoney is yeah, very entertaining. No, I mean, I've I've talked to him many many times, and I need to figure out wh- what else he has. But every uh, uh, every May we have a uh, Mahoney Gate special. Oh, nice! And you would just have to listen to uh, the uh, Banana Laser podcast to uh, <laughs> to know the whole history of Mahoney Gate. I, I'm gonna have to check it out. Yes. Oh yeah, man. Sadly, though, like I was saying, the Horophilia Network is no more. Uh, so oh, wow. I guess the, all those great podcasts that were on that show are on in limbo now. Uh, even <clears> Michael's <throat> show, The Skeleton Crew. Yeah. I would, uh, you know, I'll put them here if uh, people want to, like, give me their shows. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need to post the ones you have, Mike, the, the, the first 30 or whatever it was. Well, that's, that you yeah, were that's what I'm going to do for Skeleton Crew. Yeah, I have to do that yeah. without a well, okay. I, I kept okay. I kept I kept Mike busy for for a minute. He was busy for a couple of weeks because of my, uh, me jumping over here to this network, and I sent him my little catalog. So, 
He's he, you're always working, dude. I know we're giving you shit, but you're always doing something. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, Mike. Mike is. Uh, I, I I don't kid when I call him producer extraordinaire because he. Yeah. He uh, he has put a lot of work. He always has, though. I've known the guy for what since 2012. And uh, was it? Yeah, 2012, I think. Yep. Wow. Yeah, the skeleton crew, and he, man, he, uh, yeah, don't get a big, don't down. get any bigger ahead, Mike. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he always puts a lot of a lot of uh, time and effort into anything he puts out. Except Camp Out Nightmare One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last five minutes of a movie, part one. <laughs> and it's all, like I said, it's in grainy fucking black and white on a fucking cheap audio tape. Nice. Hey, but yeah. that just shows you were creative from, you know, from the get go, man. You just, yeah. you went out there and you tried something, and not a lot of people do that shit. No. Not a lot of people just go and get a camera and they're like, oh, no, this is stupid. No, you you know, you, you practice and you learn and you keep going. That's well, what I, I mean, tell now, that, uh, now that I everybody that has access to a camera, maybe they do. But back then, everybody didn't. I know. Well, now you got, I mean, my, my iPhone, I can record in four freaking K. You don't need a whole bunch of everything, you know? You can just go back and there's programs you can redo the audio if you have a mic in which every one of us has a microphone so you can do all that you know it, it's not it's not as expensive as it used to be i mean it's yeah, still pricey it, but well even even a lot of the editing editing equipment or uh, programs or uh, i mean there are free versions you can use like audacity and stuff yeah do the adr and stuff and it's it, it's ridiculous that we don't see more people creating things, you know, just, uh, you know, like in the heyday of Grindhouse, you had all these people just making these crazy ass freaking movies. I want to see that come back where you just have the off the wall, batshit, crazy fucking movies. Man, that just, I think it'd be awesome. And people could do it. And who cares if they get distributed or what they have it out there, you know? Yeah. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah, and I mean, like you're saying, production costs are so much lower now because the equipment is so much cheaper and readily available. Yeah, free. Um, you know, I never had really thought about that. You know, and of course, maybe I'm just kind of out of touch because I'm not a young guy. But uh, you know, you. You'd think we would be seeing a lot more original content like well, on YouTube, Vimeo, and stuff. Which I mean, there's not there's not original content there. Yeah, but there's not original a lot of original content. You know, it's yeah, it's rehashed or whatever. I but mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like everybody has been cooped up for so long, and we know why. You know, over a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. Everybody's been cooped up. You think you would have saw some some crazy stuff being made, other than people running up fucking crates. I mean, <laughs> do you think you, someone would have come out with some batshit I mean, crazy we, we've fucking got movie? A few, a few films, decent films, probably. I haven't watched any of them, like that uh, social distancing. And, oh yeah, uh, that yeah. A few of them that have been shot using the uh, backdrop of being uh, isolated and yeah. 
and Father Mahoney's in that one, I believe. I yeah. think so. Or yeah, he is, I believe. Produced it or something like that. He he's involved with it. He's involved in it. Robert watching. I think you're a producer. I don't know. But yeah, we don't know. He, he he'll, he'll correct us later. He is <laughs> he is going to be in the uh, upcoming uh, Halloween fan film. Uh, yeah, Halloween Evil called? Lives. Yeah, <laughs> Evil Lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm involved with that one. I, I'm not in it, but I uh, I help with the graphics and stuff on the uh, on the cool. campaign. You know, on their Indiegogo, I helped with all of that. And of course, you know, just promoting or whatever, you know, I can do just to help. But yeah, and make suggestions or whatever. But that's that's pretty much what I did. Is I was the graphic artist. That's what I'm labeled as in the credits or whatever. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, uh, Michael Tagannon, he has, um, uh, he has an interesting uh, concept for that movie. So I, I think it'll be good. And he's doing it for his uh, best friend, his late best friend. Him and his friend came up with this script. So, um. Uh, yeah, I think there's only I want to say it's 13 days now left in that campaign. So if people want to check it out, if you're listening to this and you want to check it out, Halloween Evil Lives, Indiegogo, you know, uh, Facebook and all that stuff. So if if any Halloween fans are interested in that, so that's that's the little plug I'll put in there. <laughs> shameless plug. Oh, we're shameless here. It's okay. oh yeah, <laughs> we are totally shameless. Hell yeah. Holy shit. It's, uh, oh God. Wow. Uh, did we go over time? Are you timing us now? Now? I mean, it, like, like, no, the, I'm, the, not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not her. And I'm not, up. he's about to bust in like, I'm, Hey, Hey, you guys need to wrap this shit up. <laughs> We've heard enough of your ramblings. <laughs> no, she was talking to me. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if you guys actually, you're them. They just couldn't hear you, right? Yeah, that that was the only problem. But yeah. we're not going to talk yeah. bad about them because you know they might want to come back and give us some more yeah, interviews and stuff. So we'll shut up. Yeah, <laughs> they might. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Farron still hasn't learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? I bet you I can get him to come back again. With uh, you know what? You know. Do that. He, he has always been a really cool guy, yeah. and uh, no, he's, I've I've had him on non press days because I actually back in I think the well get him I on a non press day. I messaged him on Facebook, and he actually just agreed to come the fuck on, and that's how I was, you know, referred to as oh. the Halloween super fan because he, uh, you know, we had time to all talk about all that shit, and yeah. how I watched it. The first three months that it was out for uh, once a day, every day, twice a day on weekends for the first three months, it was out on VHS. Man, you really like that movie. 96. Oh, you, you thought I was film. kidding about the VHS masturbation? No. no well, now <laughs> it's my favorite film of all time. Without yeah. a doubt. That's how he ruined his first copy. Actually, I did the tape stretched out because I paused it for so long. Yeah. <laughs> what are you pausing it? <laughs> it's not what you're thinking. It's not no, what no, you're I, I, it was, it's it wasn't the nudity. Something else. It was on Donald's face. <laughs> I wanted, That's I what Mike to, was yanking I, it to. I, I wanted to finish on a prune. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, teach is on, I guess. <laughs> no, we, we we were gonna get um because I am I am friendly with uh the person who reps uh, uh um the the chick that played uh Beth in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, Mariah O'Brien, I think her, her name is in real life. And we're actually going to get her on um, the one show I did, The Skeleton Crew. And I think tell her um, what I did teach us. But never happened. Oh, man. Damn that it. would have been an experience. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think oh Curse of Michael Bay is actually on in the rotation on the app right now. I think it is. Oh, it nice has to be. Skeleton. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I can. Like I said, and I say it all the time, and I'll continue to say it. I can't plug that fucking app enough, man. I love that app, and that's how I came across all the awesome shows that are on this network. So, like Horror Cafe and uh, Roads on the Rocks, and uh, what is a yeah. uh, what macabre? What is that one? Morbid, morbid. Uh, what is it? Morbidly made. There you go. Morbidly, morbidly made. made. Um, I just started uh, listening to them. Which, Mike, do you have up uh, uh, on morbidly made? Do you have our uh, Dan Friends uh, interview up uh, for that? Was that on? Did we? Yeah, have we him? did. Uh, we uh, interviewed him for uh, when he did uh, Crystal Lake Memories. Oh, there you go. I wonder is that 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 in case you're wondering that was another interview that Mike did not speak on. Uh, <laughs> I ha- I think I actually, have that exactly. DVD. I I can't I can't give Mike too much shit because I was kind of starstruck at the time too, and uh, and John John Rhodes, our good buddy, did uh, he did most of the talking on that interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I have to check but I that did one out. I, I told yeah, you Rose, did show yeah, up. <laughs> he's getting company on uh, Saturdays, most likely. Awesome. I told him that. So yeah, he was uh he was excited because he actually listened um to the call, I think, for the first time last night, and he said that uh he thought it was a very well done, well produced show. Much better really? than anything I release. What? Uh, who said that? I mean, well that's given, but I mean yeah, obviously. No, who who told you that? Uh, that's uh, John Rhodes. Oh, John Rhodes. Yeah, well, thank you, John. I uh, no, I appreciate that, man. I I I uh, I try. I guess I could say I don't know. <laughs> so. And I'm terrible. I got to check it out too. I, I am so. Oh no! It, I know my podcast, dude. There's so uh, much listening. Rather, <laughs> there is so much out there, and I try to keep up with everybody. It, it's just so freaking hard. Like, there's people that I, I that I'm real good friends with that I made over, you know, doing all this, and they have YouTube channels, and I'm behind like three or four episodes, and I try to like everything and comment. Yeah, it's just well, it's I too mean, much, man. It's I've got crazy. friends that. I subscribe to their podcast Patreon and I'm like six months. Behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so much. And you're trying to do your, you know, we're all trying to create something. It's just so freaking hard. 
And right now, Michael J looks like powder. Why are you so close to your computer? <laughs> uh, That's how I'm this episode's going to end. Mike gets <laughs> struck by lightning and dies. <laughs> that might be for the, might be for the best. Um, um, no, I, I logged in. I logged into the. Um, <laughs> yeah, looks so glowy. You're very glowy. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the current app <laughs> playlist to try to see what the hell's on there right now. Get let's, it. Let's see what else. Yeah, plug that shit. Uh, let's plug this shit now. Whoever's listening after after people listen to the show, if they could, if they can stand it this long. Go and download the app and listen to the app. I love the app. It's like listening oh, to the radio. The it's better than anything. With... Yeah. Uh... Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, Skeleton no, Crew Atkins is on there. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you do have that's a great Chris interview. Michael, that was a great interview. Chris and Michael J. Can't Skeleton go wrong with Tom Atkins. Um, let's see. A bunch of call shows. Let's see. Call. Bunch of, ooh, bunch of the uh, tales from the crypts. Ah, see, I don't have my show notes anymore for morbidly made. But seventeen is called best of Friday the Thirteenth. But I wonder if that's Sean. I can't remember Dan Ferrans. I don't remember. Hmm. If not, I'm I just have want to. you to find that one. I don't. God, I don't remember. We've been we've been doing the show for like a year, and uh, when we had the roundtable, uh, bad movie my ass, midnight cord, bad movie my yeah. ass, maybe two. Uh, we did a bad movie yeah, my ass, and, and but I I had the it. flu, and I was not going to miss recording. So I I oh, I've been crap. downing cough medicine. <laughs> and, and I just sound so fucking miserable on the show. Uh, man, I, I've done that before with uh, the other podcast I'm on. And I I sounded like I was just horrible. I felt like dog shit. I, I didn't sound good, but I, God damn it, I was going to make that episode. Yeah, and we had like, what, like six other podcasters on there that uh, from notable podcasts that, that yeah. were really good that I, that's the main reason i didn't want to miss it and they're all you know we're talking about it, they're asking me questions i'm like uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll have to put that i think i took that off yeah i'll have to put that back i took that off but i'll put it back um yeah yeah it's a good movie uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that was your input it was good i don't know <laughs> you can't fucking pass out <laughs> and, I, and I think Halloween Six was my movie. Actually, I think I'm both of me because everybody says that movie so fun. much. I'll I'll send you my my DVD copy. You love that movie so much. <laughs> I bought that copy. Huh? I said, do you know how many times I bought that movie? Uh, you probably buy it a lot. Okay. <laughs> I know this is going to be later on in the show when we have the Dan Franz interview, but you know, looking into the future, didn't we maybe think to ask old Danny Boy if he preferred the theatrical or producer's cut of Halloween Six? There you go. Shit, that'd be and, a good question. Uh, 
Yeah, and then I'd get another email. Boom! Is he ever going to mention the movie? We're waiting. <laughs> Is he gonna mention American Boogie Woman? Is he gonna mention? <laughs> no, I just. <laughs> That's funny. American Boogie Woman, stay away from me. <laughs> me. Man, it, Yeah. Oh my god. Actually, I I do like that he's going in that route with the, you know like you know the the serial killer movies. It seems like he's very interested yeah, in that. Yeah, he's on a roll with them. He definitely is. He is, and I I can't wait to see this Ted Bunny. I want to see what his take is on this, and um, like I was telling Mike, you know, I I've watched a lot of documentaries and. And people make films on these guys, and um, I, I'm really curious. I'm, I, I, I do want to check it out. I gotta fix this. I am too white. I gotta get darker. Yeah. Well, you got close, and you look like Sean Patrick Flannery. You're like real close. And look like powder. Maybe we should call this episode "Powder," Cody. What do you think, Michael J. Powder. Is powder. Michael J's powder. <laughs> but that's it too. We'll, yeah, we'll, do it. We'll even call it rabbit and red. We'll just yeah. have a close up of your face and it'll say Michael J's powder. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm rabbit an albino. And red. <laughs> Don't try to move spoons. Didn't he fucking move spoons and shit? I can't remember. I'm trying to think of that movie now. Did he bend spoons? I mean, I've no, they like he, I don't know. He had like some sort of superpower. Uh, magnet, yeah, magnet, yeah, magnetic. Do you have a superpower, Mike? And you're not telling us. What do you do? Other than um, the, he has the um, super ability to ward off entire audiences <laughs> <laughs> and be crippled. And be he can ruin Halloween six VHSs in a single bound. Oh, you're damn right. No, you're damn right. Oh man. Whoa. Yeah, I am. So I guess uh, is there anything? Oh, one more thing I wanted to mention. Since we're talking about Halloween, uh, there was something I saw on Bloody Disgusting, dude. It was like some sort of. Uh, it was for Halloween five. Did y'all hear anything on that? Uh, like yeah, a, that we're going to be getting new unreleased footage for yes. uh, the uh, new release. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. It shows Michael Myers trying to swim. I don't know what the yeah, fuck. Well, yeah, we get an extra five minutes of him swimming down river. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe getting He's part of the extra oak. They're going to have what, the lifeguard coming in. <laughs> Some people stand in the darkness. He kills David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <Baywatch>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Myers running slow motion on the beach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carrying the surfboard, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> wakeboard. He's wakeboarding. And see, yeah. you were ahead of your time because you yeah. had the. I mean, yeah, he's got to do something in the off season. There you go. He has to have fun. No, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, well, okay. Well, I don't know why it took him this long, but anyway. Yeah, well, just hopefully it doesn't show his uh, his special relationship with the hobo he lived in the shack with. <laughs> Please, no. No, 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 no. 
the director what? was like, well, I wanted to make it that much more impactful whenever he killed him, you know? Uh, yeah. What were they, the odd couple? Yeah. Like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Michael Myers walks in with the head and the other guy like... <laughs> That, hey, that's why that's why he killed the hobo. He, the hobo caught him fucking his parrot. Yeah. <laughs> Not Mr. Crackers. <laughs> God bless that. He's loose with the he's loose with the fucking soundboard. <laughs> yeah. That is That's what we think about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Which is going to be the theme of this episode. Yeah. So I hope up. everybody enjoys our James Sweet and Daniel Farron's interviews. There you go. Uh, you guys got anything else, Mike? Or uh, shall we get into these wonderful interviews that are hopefully going to be way more entertaining than your soundboard? Yes. Um, yeah. What do you? What do you... <laughs> Very good. Fuck, we've opened Pandora's box. He did. I mean, there's no closing it. <laughs> Now I know why Cripple Cody is doing that. Type of feces of some kind? Yeah. It reminds me of a pile of diarrhea dick farts. Now I know why Cripple Cody doesn't allow him to have the soundboard. See, this, this year right here, this year right here is why Cripple Cody says, if I had hands, I'd get up, I'd stand up and walk over there and smack the shit out of you. <laughs> Texas uh, answer too crippled. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna piss my pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I I I know I had fun on this. This was great. Oh yeah, fun. Uh, thank yes, you sir. so much for joining us and bailing yeah. us out on <laughs> the interviews. Oh yeah, man. Uh, anytime, man. I I love doing this stuff. So yeah, but, uh, yeah. We all need to get together and do uh, do the Friday fan film show. That's a that's dude. Definitely in the future. That's going to happen, right, Mike? That's a that's a teaser. Yes. I mean, for we'll October, do. we're going to get together and do that. I, I think that's a good idea. So. Without cool a doubt, well, guys, well, write it down. Fun. Yes, <laughs> I definitely will. I will put it in my notes on the iPhone, and then nice. I will put it on sticky note right on my desktop, so I see it. <laughs> and I'm always, my God, my eyes are burning. Um, and see, it's so white. Holy shit! Well, you were your face was nearly buried in your computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from <laughs> oh, oh God. Oh. Well, we'll see you guys next week, I guess. We gotta get to these interviews. Um Yeah. Have fun. Yes indeed. And uh and I've gotta I've gotta get on here and I'm gonna get on Amazon right now and uh order Cripple Cody some hands so he can smack the shit out of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
and, and, and there we go. And in the meantime, oh, yes. prime shipping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and and go to Cripple Cody's GoFundMe so you can get a water yeah, heater. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's that hot water because you know yes. bathing in cold water is no fun. No, it isn't. Taking I've been nice there. Bath. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in his extremities, the way that they are, you know, they're all like curled the fuck up. He, he'll just like fucking will be frozen solid. Poor little fucker. <laughs> well, we've hit the low point in the show. Now nice. Yeah. Let's, uh, we we no ended on a high out. note. <laughs> Thank Good you night, all for everyone. joining us. Uh, yeah. Hope, <laughs> hope you enjoy the interviews. Uh, and we'll see you probably next week if Cripple uh, Cody doesn't kill Michael J. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I hope he does. Uh, and uh, stay tuned for an all new Tales from the Crypts uh, live on Saturday at ten thirty. Absolutely, with the awesome. better Cody. Be there, be square. Didn't you see the sign when you came in? This is Camp Crystal Lake. A long time ago, some ugly-ass kid named Jason drowned in this camp. His mom worked here. She blamed the counselors, but nobody believed her. So she went nuts, ended up killing a bunch of people because of it. <laughs> Sounds like they deserved it. Yeah, well, she didn't get everyone. This one girl fought back. Cut that bitch's head clean off. This place is cursed. Welcome back to Rabbit and Red. Uh, we have a very special guest with us tonight. Friday the 13th fan film, Jason Rising, director, James Sweet. How's it going? Welcome to Rabbit and Red. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wow. I got to say, just right off the bat, I want to get it out of the way. The special effects in this fan film kind of blew my mind. Cool. Going into it, I, I was not expecting it to, to deliver that much, a fan film to deliver that much on the gore. And it certainly did. So, where, how did this all come about? 
Well, um, when I first started coming up with the idea of doing a fan film, um, I'd pondered a couple of different ideas. And Friday the 13th was always one of my key inspirations to touch on because I've, I've been a fan since I was a kid um, of all the original series and um, been a horror fan in general as a kid. I started doing haunted houses as a teenager. So I, I learned and picked up a little bit of special effects work and, and uh, set building through that avenue. And, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like if we were going to do, you know, this, we were going to be on a really tight, limited budget. So we had to be pretty crafty on what effects we could do. Um, you know, Christina Cordham, our special effects makeup artist, she, um, she's always busy, always working. So, cause she's very, um, she's got, I mean, she's got like 20 years experience plus on film and television. So we had her basically take charge and, and do the Pamela stuff. Um, and she did some of the other effects, but I had to kind of take on and be creative with a lot of the kill effects. Um, so it was just, as, as far as like how these things came about, the, the effects and, and the kills, um, it's more about just figuring out how to be crafty enough and knowing that you can hopefully sell it when you edit it together, that it's all going to work. Because sometimes you can try to do things, you either have to show uh, uh, the action of the kill and then cut away on the effect of the kill. Um, so it's just, it's trying to find that fine line that isn't overdoing it, but yet still has uh, a tribute to Friday the 13th and how they did some of their kills as well. Yeah, and it seems like this film is just one after another. That, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, wow, how, how did these guys deliver all of this on a indie fan film budget? Yeah, you know, I mean, you just, you got to just take what's available to you. I, I think that's, I, I work pretty well like that, where I, I like to take what's available and then I can, as long as I know what I'm using prop wise or weapon wise, then I can, I can figure something out. Um, sometimes it's, it's happening at the moment on set. Cause you know, I, I come from a film television background as well as an actor and I, I did some stunt performances before too. And you learn how to, a lot of things are made up on the spot. You know, sometimes you don't, you don't sure. have all this pre-planned stuff going on. You're, you're like in the moment, you're like, Oh no, well, we could do this. Well, what if we tried this and you try different things? Like there was, we even uh, tried one of the kills where we chopped off one of the girl's heads, but instead of the head, we went right for the stomach. And we were going to have the axe hanging out of the stomach and just lose her torso or bottom torso. So, you know, you just sometimes you're thinking on the fly of what you can do uh, what with what's available to you. Sometimes some of those kills are just happening on the day. They're not pre-planned. We can write it out, but a lot of times they change because of 
the limitations that are are given to you um you know you could have ordered a prop or a weapon and it didn't show up on time so you're sure. you're stuck you're like well i got to figure this out cuz we're shooting regardless so you you know you just um you order lots of blood you get, you get lots of blood you get, can't have too much blood you get spray bottles and you 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 know you find the coolest props you can get that look the most realistic to sell the kill and you just kind of have fun you know you have fun with it yeah it it definitely shows in the film too i mean just like i said just one after another great kills great gore uh it's it's just a fun roller coaster ride yeah thank you um yeah you know you just you you sometimes you can't win either way like if you don't have enough kills sometimes you know people are like there needs to be more bodies if you have too many kills and people are like well it was there wasn't enough story it was just all kills it was all body count so i wanted to make sure that if we did do kills each one kind of topped the next one so it was kind of just a staircase of how are we going to excel from the next kill and not only that but you have to think as old school jason would you know would would be what what would be a brutal kill that jason would do that would still be inventive but yet quick um and i, I think that was probably one of our first kills that we did with the machete in the back of the head. Yeah, which, and I mean this completely as a compliment. The it, like you said, just kept building. The kills kept building. You know, with the over the top, outrageous gore, uh, right up to the end. It, it kind of, uh, it kind of reminds me of Jaws. You know how. Uh, Peter Benchley told famously told Steven Spielberg, nobody's going to buy the uh, somebody shoving a oxygen ta oxygen tank in the uh, shark's mouth and shooting it and blowing it up. And Steven Spielberg said to him, he said, by this point in the film, you know, we're going to be built up so much of that. I'm misquoting him, I'm sure, but he said everybody's going to be invested. They're going to be along for the ride, and they're going to buy it. And kind of, kind of like this, uh, Jason Rising. By the time you get to that, that final act, you're along for the ride. And whenever it goes just crazy, over the top gore and everything that, without giving any spoilers, which is very difficult for me, but uh, the third act is going to blow your mind if you're a Friday Thirteenth fan. So you, you, everybody, if you're a Friday Thirteenth fan, you, which you wouldn't be listening to this if you weren't. If you're not, probably, but uh, you have to check out Jason Rising. <laughs> yeah, and you and you know you have to, you know you you don't want to you know forgive the term blow your load all in the first shot. So you have to you have to build up to it, and the, and you have to pace it right. So, and of course, that means you have to have characters that you want to follow and that you care about. Um, and I, I, one of the reasons that, you know, I, I wanted to make these, um, four characters, you know, 
pretty likable and and both sets of characters when i'm talking about uh you know pete glover and and or uh pete daltrey and eve glover the sheriff and the deputy they're kind of a you know cop buddy thing and and with the two u.s marshals they have sort of their own dynamic as well as characters and and it's kind of nice to see how that relationship blends you know because they're they're kind of on the same mission but you know, they each have a chip on their shoulder as they're going into this place. Um, and so it's kind of fun to see that, but at the same time, you get to see how they handle being face-to-face with this, you know, this horrible element of Jason who's, you know, stalking and, and taking everybody out one by one. Sure. Yeah, um, I got to say, too, you know, it, right now, which I'm, I'm very thankful for it, but we're getting a lot of Friday 13th fan films, and, and it's really hard to make one stand out like Jason Rising apparently has. I mean, if Bloody Disgusting's reporting on it, apparently it's making some waves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think, um, you know, back in 2000, 2017 when Never Hike Alone came out, um, it kind of raised the bar as far as the production level of Friday the 13th fan films. So sure. now that you're, you're setting that bar, it's, it's like, okay. Um, I went into it not to be competitive, but I wanted to at least be on that level. And, you know, gradually over time, uh, Vince Sani, who, did never hike alone came aboard our team and, and helped co- co-write this and and produce and everything and and that was a great I, I think we had a great team set up once we did that and it finalized our little wolf pack of, of creators on this this thing and really brought it together yeah and it really shows i mean it's it's a very professional looking production Thank you. Uh, and I think it's going to be a treat for any Friday the 13th fans out there. Yeah, you know, and, and over the course of the, you know, three years that we made this thing, we we just, our biggest thing was we didn't want to compromise and, and you know, do something that we didn't like or or rush it. I mean, eventually you have to say, okay, enough's enough. we got to finish this thing. But um, you know, we had a lot, a lot of obstacles over that course of period, you know, because we had COVID, we had um, forest fires that we had to deal with out in the Northwest. Um, there, we had an ice storm that actually uh, took out the trees and collapsed and crashed and took out all the cabins in our camp. Oh, wow. So um, we actually rewrote some of the ending because we didn't have, the ending was supposed to take place at, inside the camp. But we rewrote it and made it work to go back to the, the corrections facility instead because we didn't have the cabins anymore. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Bloody Disgusting, that if I have one gripe, not about the film, but about Bloody Disgusting, they're, they're kind of spoiling the ending, the big payoff, because I did not see it coming. I, I had no idea going in uh, what was going to transpire there, the... Uh, cameo which, which we were going to get which is good because you know i mean we 
we had had that plan for quite a while and we just you know it was one of the the agreements that i had with with adrian was that we were going to keep it all a secret that we wanted to just keep it under to, it's because it made it a bigger surprise for the fans and that's oh absolutely that's what we wanted you know we didn't want to you know push the film and push her name in the film we wanted it to be a surprise for the fans and i think that's that's what made it more effective i think yeah it, it certainly pulled it off because uh like i said i did not see it coming at all but I mean, again, it's it's one of those things that you're taking a risk of because you got your hardcore Friday fans who are, you know, stuck on the way things were, you know, because of part two and and the opening scene and whatnot. But you know, we kind of just retconned it and and did our own thing and said, you know what, we I want Alice back, so we're gonna figure out a way and and create our own story and and make it work. So. Was this a direct sequel to part three or part four? That was the only thing I was kind of up no, in the air about watching it. No, the the opening scene, basically the prologue, is a connection to the end of part four, which actually mm -hmm. we touched on the deleted scene, the ending that they took out of part four, um, which we kind of did the same thing with Alice on the actual kill shot that they did on the special features of the new Blu-ray set where you actually see the ice pick pierce out the other side, which wouldn't have killed her. So we use that as our inspiration as well. But um, the opening scene is basically uh, after Jason leaves the Jarvis house, he escapes, he's still alive. He collapses in the woods with his wounds heading back towards Crystal Lake. Sheriff Daltrey and his two deputies find him in the woods and then crate him up and take him back to the camp to bury him. And then we go to present day where his son now is sheriff. Okay. Well, that all makes sense then. <laughs> yeah. But and, uh... you know, and sometimes, you know, we, we thought about setting up some, some chirons there to explain that scenario, but we thought, you know what, just let's just let, the, the word, the dialogue, and then the story just kind of make its own, you know, own way and not try to say, okay, this is this, this is this time. Let fans kind of figure it out and make up their own scenarios. And that's great too. And and like I said, all these fan films coming out, you know, that they just have to exist inside the same universe, really. You know, you right. don't have to have a specific time. Uh, and that's, that's, what you're touching on is exactly what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to have to fit it within this timeline construct that is so convoluted anyway, because exactly anything issues with the franchise's timeline, you can't keep up with it. So why try to force it in? And I didn't want to do that. I want to just kind of keep the look of Jason at the three, four version that I loved and yeah, and how great did he look? Out. My God, you guys did such a great job with the uh, with him. I mean, it. I, I thought I thought the resurrection scene was. I thought it was better. I got on a limb and say it. I thought it was better than part six. Oh wow! Thank you. 
yeah, but, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's about, um, and we paid homage to Part Six, you know, with the the worms and and yeah, yeah exactly. Like I'm saying, I, I could tell you were doing that, but I I, I liked it better. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, and that's it, a lot of the stuff that we did in the film was very. We knew it was going to be a risk. Um, we knew not everybody was going to jump on board with it, and some people would have a problem with it. But at the same time, we wanted to have fun and, and tell something that we wanted to see. And that includes, you know, zombie Pamela coming back. Yeah, I mean, how crazy was that? But, I mean, you're just along for the ride. It, it doesn't, the film doesn't take itself too seriously. So you can just have fun with it, and and sure, we got the decapitated corpse of uh, Pamela walking around. And you're just invested and have you have fun with it. Yeah, and and why wouldn't I mean that's just fun. It's just cool stuff, you know. I mean, zombie headless Pamela walking around killing people. I mean, that's to me that's cool. I, I don't know. I just I, we had a blast with it. So. And that's the great thing about all these Friday the 13th fan films. You know, it's given fanboys like all of us, you know, just open lease to uh, pretty much do what we want to with the uh, series, uh, the franchise we grew up loving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's plenty of room for all these stories. And it's interesting to see where fans are taking these stories and taking, you know... Um, I guess the lore and and you know what what they're doing with these characters. Yeah, just expanding the universe. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's great because if you stick with just the you know, say you do a, a film about Tommy Jarvis, just as an example, it's just you, you focus on just that one character, you're 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 constricting the world. So if you expand upon it and add new characters and instead of just you know, rehashing the same characters that we've seen over and over again. We thought it was fun to bring in Alice and, and Ginny because they're such, you know, well-loved characters. Um, and they're from... Oh, the yeah, two of the most popular shows. final girls uh, in the history of horror. Yeah, yeah. And and if we incorporate it right, it works. Um, but it's it's nice, like you're saying, it's nice to expand the world and and bring in new characters and and if, if it's done well enough and people accept it enough, then these characters are a part of the Friday, you know, universe. Yes. Uh, another one I watched recently that just came out uh, pretty soon. Have you seen uh, His Name Was Jason? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I thought that was just really cool how they kind of bridged the gap between Friday 1 and Friday 2 with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, Dave Brown and, and, and Jason West and everything. Yeah, they. Uh, I know he was working on that for quite some time as well. Put a lot but, of work into it. You know, I almost, uh, and this sounds sacrilegious, but I almost hate to see them settle the uh, lawsuit between Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller uh, in fear of that once we do finally start getting new Friday the 13th films that all these great fan films we're getting are going to, slack off and go away yeah i mean 
I don't think that that would be the case only because, I mean, you can go on YouTube and there's Star Wars fan films being made left and right. True. We're still getting content from, you know, with Disney and Lucas films. And, and honestly, even if there wasn't a a rights battle right now or, or, or whatever, I still would have made my film regardless. Um, it's, it is frustrating because the last thing that we got was back in 2009. Um, I know that uh, the last script uh, that was written by Nick Antosca was a 3D Friday the 13th that was written. I think that was back in 2013 that wasn't greenlit, but they were looking at it. That was a wonderful script and it would have been really good. It would have been a great film to put out, I think, because it had that 80s nostalgia. Uh But it was, you know, with today's 3D, you know, modern 3D film. Yeah. I think that would have been really cool. And And that one, didn't it? it, I mean, it got like right up, stepped right up to the plate. I mean, it was in pre-production, right? And and before they pulled the rug out from under it, which is a a crying shame. Yeah, I'm not not sure how far it got. Um I know they, you know, same with like the series on CW that they were working on that they had yeah. before and then they, you know, they cut that out. But I'm sure that was probably an anticipation of, of you know, them solving their issues and and having that, you know, be done with. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows how long that's going to take? Or Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham are not young guys. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just... Why, why not just come to an agreement, you know, make some more money before you die. Give the fans some more movies or more content. Yeah. But uh, yeah, who knows? You know, it's, it's like, it's hard because I, you know, it's I'm not in their shoes. I don't, you know, I don't own any of it. So I don't know the business side that they're looking at. Of And a lot of it too is, I think it could be their attorney saying, no, we need to, do this, you know, suggesting things and, and, you know, sometimes you, you just kind of follow the legal advice and you keep pursuing things, but, uh, you know, hopefully it gets resolved and we get, you know, a new Friday or, or something happens because there's, there's lots of room for more, you know, we can, you know, like Hellraiser is doing a series on HBO. We can have a Friday series. We can have more. Yeah. Like I was saying, if if there's, if you take nothing else from all these great fan films we've been getting, it's that there, there's a lot more stories to tell in this universe. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And we need it. We, we love it. So why not? I mean, let the, just find the right people, the right team, you know, and make this happen, you know, because there, there are the people who care about it, who are, who want to make these films that can do it justice. And, and make it successful again. Yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll happen soon, but until then we've got great filmmakers like you, uh, putting out quality fan films that, uh, several of them, in my opinion, deserve to be a part of the, uh, actual franchise, you know, uh, personally, I mean, I'd love to see what you could do with, uh, with the feature. Uh, a full feature, uh, but uh, you know, that's the thing. 
Friday the 13th has such a passionate fan base. And when you get passionate filmmakers that, uh, and with, with all the crowdfunding services they have now, it's, it's just amazing the content that we're getting. So, I mean, I, I can't really complain about not getting anything, any official entries into the franchise. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good to see that fans are backing it. It's a lot of work. It's tough. Um, I wish I just had a big enough bank account to just do it myself. Um, because running a campaign, making a movie, it's a lot of work. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it can be very stressful. Um, but you know, it is, it is great. You, you create a nice fan base, you know, people anticipating. I think the most stressful part is once you make that film and you have all these people that have backed your campaign and backed your project and you have to deliver to those people something great. And you, that's one of the things that kind of motivates you to push harder on your film is because I don't want to let those people down. I want them to watch the movie and go, I'm happy I backed that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be yeah. a backer of that film. And, you know, it's, it's like anything. Sure. We want, we want more content and more fan films and, and something to tide us over until this gets figured out. But, uh, you, you know, it's at the very least, it was always, I'm a fan too. So I want to see something really cool. So like when these other fan films are coming out, I want them to blow me away. Make, make a great fan film, please. I want you to, because I love this stuff and I want to see something really cool. Something that maybe I never would have thought of or, or something like that, you know? And so, yeah, it's just, let's, let's step up our game, you know, production value wise. Let's, Let's uh, let's make some good stuff and, you know, force their hand to want to do these different ideas instead of the same old formulas that sure we loved them back then and they worked back then. But I think there's room for a new a new way of doing things. Yeah. And, and they can still give us all the things we love about the franchise. Sprinkle them throughout, too. But I mean, like you're saying, if nothing else, these fan films have shown us that uh, there, there's more stuff you can do with the, uh, with the universe. Right. And you don't necessarily have to go and, and take it from part nine or whatever and, and go from that point on. You can recreate. And I, don't, I hate the word reboot because that sounds like you're taking everything and just trying to squash it together. Um. Unless, unless you start fresh and create, say you're going to make a trilogy or, or you're going to start with a, a Friday the 13th part one reboot, which again, I hate the word reboot, but you'd almost have to start because as many fans as there are of that 2009, um, I just felt like that really just tried cramming a lot of stuff into a film that didn't, that didn't succeed as far as what they needed to do. For uh, I think they, they tried too hard to please everybody. And in, right. in, 
in that, which I enjoyed. I mean, I, I, I don't hate the film. I have fun with it, but it's, I know what you mean, what you're saying there. It's, and there's, you know, there's things that you're, that I felt like they tried to explain that didn't need to be explained. Um, uh, yeah, the tunnels, everybody, uh, which I, I don't care. That, that didn't bother me that bad, the whole tunnel thing. But uh, like I said, just over the top with all the, uh, God, I never thought it was this, but over the top with all the uh, nudity. And uh, and like you said, they just tried to cram. Okay, well, it's like they wrote down a checklist. What do people like about the uh, Friday the 13th franchise? Okay, let's take it all, all these points and amp them up to 11 right right and that and that's what it felt like it felt like it was a numbers game like let's take a survey and see what people like instead of let's just tell a, a good friday the 13th yeah film. tell a good story with jason right yeah and and that's yeah I, I, and that's a bummer because i know a lot of people were excited but a lot of people loved it um but i think that it can be redone or expanded upon um you could take a modern present day jason and touch on the past i always say that you could do it kind of like the way the godfather 2 was done where you touch base on on maybe like how jason was raised how he was upbringing show the birth of jason kind of going back and forth from his childhood his upbringing to the present day at the camp where he's, you know, still lurking. Sure. I think it'd be a nice way to touch back and forth. Yeah. Cause I mean, really, even at this point, after 40 years, how much, how much do we really know about Jason? Right. Uh, and, uh, well, that being said, I mean, you can over explain it too. I mean, right. I kind of felt that way about, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween reboot. Uh, although I, I did, I did enjoy the first act of that, you know, showing the upbringing of uh, Michael Myers. But in a way, too, I was like, did we really need all that? It. it yeah, yeah. You it's know, a lot scarier when you don't know I, their I, motives. I agree. I agree. And there's, it's a fine line, and yeah, you know, like like you were saying with the Rob Zombie. I liked the first one. I did like the first one. I, I felt like the way Rob did it, he took his own. He made it his own, you know, kind of like a cover song. You don't want to. Yeah. Do, and I am glad he, I am glad he did that with it. That. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I give him props for that, for making it his own. Um, as far as like, like when they, you know, we saw pictures of, the the CW network series that they put out, they showed what Jason was going to look like. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily on board, but um, it was sort of a a close version. It had a little bit of part three meets uh, the what was it the golem from <laughs> from uh lord of the rings the, the precious kind of had that that little mix but um and it's 
it's tough because we're so we're so in love with the versions of Jason that we fell in love with when we first started the series that it's hard to to divert from you know we we want to see a little bit of that Ted White look we want to see a little bit of that CJ Graham look you know what I mean so it's hard to find that fine line I think over yeah. time we'll figure it out but yeah and I mean when you think about it, the, the CW, I, I just don't know if that would have been the best home for it anyway. Right, right. I mean, right. maybe like one of the movie channels, HBO, Showtime, Stars, something like that, you know, where we could have got a hard R series. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, even even like you were saying with, with the nudity and stuff, I mean, it that was what that was doing was taking the Paramount formula and saying you needed to see nudity every... 10 minutes or, or whatever it was where look at how successful Jason lives was and they didn't have any nudity. And that's one of the most revered of the franchise is part six. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every Friday the 13th I've well, since my daughter's my oldest daughter has been five every that's our ritual. Every uh, Friday the 13th is uh, we watch part six because yeah. it was the most, family friendly of uh of all the films and yeah. I, I still enjoy it yeah and and that's kind of what you know i was more focused on on characters and and story than showing nudity for no reason and so it was just it, it wasn't something that served the story so it wasn't something that you know sure we had some fun cutting off uh, a certain appendage in the beginning, but, um, you know, that was just, you know, that's fun and shock value, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's necessary to where if you did it on a, on a series or something, it, it isn't necessary. You know, you could do something through Netflix or, or shutter or something like that, that, you know, maybe, maybe once this rights thing gets resolved, we can do something like that. You know, we will be able to get, the right team and they'll be able to make it. Well, I think it's been long enough now uh, uh, since we've got new Friday the 13th film. I, I think once it does finally get settled, I, I, well, I hope it's not something they're just going to oh, jump right back into. Sean Cunningham's not going to be just like, okay, we have to crank something out. So let's, let's just well, give them I, another Jason goes to hell. <laughs> I think that there's enough, um, like I would love to see Nick's script done. I think that'd be great. But I think there's probably something in the works, I, I would imagine by now, um, that they're just waiting for this to resolve, to to be able to go, okay. And, and it, it, who knows? Who knows who's going to, is, is Bloomhouse going to take over? Since they're doing all the Halloween stuff now, are they going to be the the production runners for this, or or what's you know how's it going to work? And that's going to be key too. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say. I mean I I'm kind of on the fence on it with Blumhouse uh, taking over that too. Um, because I mean obviously I mean look what happened when New Line got a hold of the franchise. Yeah. Well, uh, not that I not that I hate those films either, but they're definitely I don't hold them as in as high regard as uh, the uh, Paramount Eight, of course. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it, 
<clears throat> I don't care who funds the money. I just care about who's making the movies. <laughs> you know, who's who's going to exactly. do justice. So anybody can cut the check, but uh, just and and I think um, you know Jason Blumhouse, smart enough guy to know that you're treading on on sacred ground with Friday the 13th, just like he did with Halloween. And I, I, th I think he would figure it out somehow. I don't think we'd be really disappointed if, if Bloomhouse took over and produced it. Yeah. Well, one thing's for sure. If Blumhouse gets it, we're definitely going to get multiple sequels. Exactly. Which we want. Exactly. Give us, yeah. Give us 13 more. We don't care. We'll yeah, keep, keep cranking them out. <laughs> That's right. We'll even we'll even send Jason to Mars on this one. We don't. We'll take it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> and uh, and keep cranking out the fan films, everybody too. You know. Uh, yeah, and you know what's they keep getting better and better in quality. And that's and that's what's fun about this is because, you know, at the time when I was working on Jason Rising, which the the. I started coming up with the idea back in 2017, right as Never Hike Alone came out. I was already set in my mind that I was going to do it. And then I, because I, I said, well, I better check out and see what these other fan films are doing. Just so I don't either rehash what they're doing or, you know what I mean? I wanted to separate myself. And Never Hike Alone came out at around that time. And I watched it and I was, I was shocked. I was like, this was actually cool for the duration that it was. And then you had the surprise at the end with Tom Matthews, um, which blew me away. I was like, well, that's cool. That means even the alumni are taking this seriously. So, which I mean, before never hike alone was pretty much unheard of. Right. For fan films. Right. And that's, you know, and then you, you but you had, you had things like dirty laundry that had Tom Jane in it that was that punisher oh movie, god yes yes which was done really well and and you're like and ron perlman and ron perlman yes and but that that's the level that you can do a fan film at now if you really want to um yeah well with, i mean people are shooting movies on their iphones now shooting good looking movies on their iphones so you know it's it yeah. it's not as out of reach for the common man anymore which is it's very exciting, but uh, that that too, you know, there's there's a positive side and a negative side to it. Right. We get well, more, a lot more high quality fan films, but uh, we're still getting a lot of kind of stinkers too. Yeah, and and that's and that's okay sometimes, you know, it's okay because you gotta to grow as a filmmaker, you have to you have to do something. You have to make the mistakes. You have to get out your camera and and yeah, all part of the learning process. So you got to go through the process, get your feet wet, make a movie, um, and you learn. Sometimes you you stumble upon this this method of what works as far as moving up to a higher quality, and anymore it's like. You know, cameras back in the day were five, you know, like a consumer, prosumer camera was five to seven grand. I mean, you know, we had 
we had close to five black magic 4ks on set and you know those are 1300 bucks just for the body so you can you know you can rent them for the day as well if you need more but that's a pretty inexpensive cinema cam you know obviously the lenses are you know key as well but uh you know to have a set where you usually have maybe one to two cameras where we're having three to four on set every day that are set up rigged up ready to go one's on a jib got two guys on on handheld um one on steady cam you're able to do a lot more uh shot coverage in a short amount of time which means if you're if you're cost of filmmaking is say two thousand dollars a day let's say as example you don't have to go back and could be and and shoot the stuff you couldn't get in in 12 hours uh because you had enough cameras to get all the coverage so because of the in you know the way cameras are being made now for the for the cost you're being able to save time and money to be able to make a, a more professional looking film because it, it can be very expensive. I mean, you're, you know, you got food for actors, crew. Sometimes you are in a location where there's no bathroom. So you're running porta potties, you know, just those little things add up so much. And, and that's what really makes the cost of, of your film, your budget go out the door pretty quick. So it's nice having, you know, the, the technology that we do now to be able to film with. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's hopefully only going to get more affordable in the future uh, as technology advances. Yeah. Uh, and you, like you said, you put it in the hands of capable filmmakers who know what they're doing. You're just going to get a, it's going to benefit everybody. You're going to overall get a better product yeah yeah and you know it's like you know having uh my cinematographer carl winery who he's he's done over 100 music videos for you know some decent name bands and uh you know he's really i think perfected the 4k the black magic so he's very versed with it so it just made sense to continue on instead of trying to get an ari alexa or, or a red a sony red and trying to push you know to have this more expensive camera on set when we can get a, a nice cinema look uh, a cinema quality looking product from the 4k and it you know vinnie said one time he said it looks very it looks like an old 80s film and obviously with with a digitized look but um that was the one thing that landed to using a 4k instead of a 6k plus our cinema lenses we were able to get that sort of cinematic feel to it and i think that and it does i mean it's it's beautifully shot i mean it the it's very crisp and like i said but you still have kind of get like that that like i said that grainy 80s feel too yeah But uh, so so, what's lined up next for you, man? What what's uh, what's um, next? Well, 
honestly, it's through the end of the year. My main focus is just, I mean, we got to finish out our, all of our backer perks and getting the Blu-rays done and getting those because we have the special features that we're working on editing right now has all the cast okay. interviews and, and the behind the scenes stuff over, you know, the course from when we started, there's little, you know, video clips of seeing how it was made. Um, so it, it's getting that finished through the year. Um, there's a few things I might be working on, on writing. Um, we've kind of discussed a sequel, but we're not a hundred percent on board with it yet because we just, it's a lot of work and we want to make sure that if we do do it, um, the story's right. The cast is going to be ready to go. Um, because if we did do a sequel, it would be, it would be a big endeavor, but it would be a huge film. It, I would make, I would make something that people would it would blow their minds because i've learned a lot of the mistakes from the first one so i've i've kind of bettered my craft over the past three years making jason rising to where if we did a sequel i knew what i did wrong on the first time around where i'll correct that stuff the next time around and and do something really really amazing i think for the fans you know it's it's all about what i love what the, what the fans i think would want to see um just doing some cool stuff, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. It's up in the air. We don't know, but we're, we're talking about it. Well, I mean, now you're going to obviously going to have a decent sized fan base uh, for Jason rising. So if, if you do decide to revisit uh, it with the sequel, then I think, uh, I think the people, the fans will be supportive of it. Yeah, and you know, and obviously it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a three year endeavor again because that's that's a long passion project, um, and you know you're you're kind of dealing with things still. We're we're fighting the COVID issue. I mean, we were a SAG production, so we had to shut down for eight months. You know, while while the peak of all that was going on. So that hurt, you know, that, that really kicked, I mean, things happened for a reason. It, it was fine. It lend it let us, uh, fix a few scenes and reshoot a few scenes, uh, after that, because we had more time, but, uh, it, it does kind of suck when you have to just stop what you're doing and it, when you're in a, in a flow and a, in a momentum and you're ready to shoot and then you, you just can't because if you do, you're, you know, you're under reunion contract, you can't really do that. So you got to be careful, but, um, it is about safety and, and keeping your cast and crew safe on set. So you just have to abide and, and eventually, you know, they figure it out. But, um, yeah, if, if, if we did do it, I, think we would be able to make it happen shoot it summer of 2022 and have it out by spring of 2023 well i certainly hope that happens man because i really i really enjoyed the film like i said the ending kind of blew me away i did not see that coming 
Uh, and uh, before we get out of here, uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so if you just search up Jason Rising, uh, Jason Rising movie, we also have a website, jasonrising13.com. Um, and that's pretty much where all the all the content is. Um, there's YouTube channel, which where you can find the actual film, Jason Rising, on YouTube. And uh, yeah, those are, I mean, we're pretty much straightforward with Instagram and Facebook and we're not tweeting anything right at the moment, but uh, we haven't got that far. You can only keep up with so many social media sites. I think it gets overwhelmed. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, everyone, if you haven't checked out Jason rising, get on it. If you're a Friday the 13th fan, you're going to love it. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, it's great to talk. All right. Well, we'll be back after the break. On July 14th, a dark-haired man in his late 20s or early 30s was seen approaching several girls on campus. He told them his name was Ted. Need a lift? Ted knows how to make these girls trust him. You need help there? I dropped my keys. Would you mind? You are a lifesaver. He sees their kindness as weakness. And he knows how to make them disappear. I can honestly say Theodore Bundy is the most dangerous individual I've ever observed. He derives mystical satisfaction from killing. First it's one victim, then two, then three. There's always that need that's left. Desire for more. It's a never-ending cycle, like a serial. A serial killer. That's what they should be called. Your son is currently on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. My father used to say Teddy was conceived in hell. What most stimulates an individual is bound. Something big going on down here. A female student was attacked at Florida State University. What the hell is going on here? Shutting down the task force. But he's still not there. you got to let it go. Why don't you tell them that you no longer have the resources to go after the man who mutilated their daughters? I'm going to get him if it's the last thing I do. I'm going to get him for what he did to those girls. He's taking time bomb. He was a good son. No man is truly innocent. All right, and, and welcome back to Rabbit and Red. Right now, we are jo joined by the uh, writer and director of the upcoming American, or uh, what is it, Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman. And uh, the, of course, my favorite film of all time, the writer of Halloween 6. Uh, I have to throw that in. Dan, how you doing? 
Good. This is the first time I'm talking to you. Um, um, I must say it's a pleasure, man. I, I've, I saw a bunch of stuff you're involved in. I mean, so much to, so much to name. I mean, a producer on um, one of my favorite uh, documentaries about the uh, Elm Street. That was that was very well done. I I enjoyed that. Thank uh, you what so is it? much. Never, and yeah, never not, sleep again. Yeah, never yeah, sleep never again. sleep again. Oh yeah. Yep. Man, I I that's one of my favorite. Um, I stumbled upon that about a year ago, but yeah, the, no good work. I mean, I'm just looking, dude, and I, I'm just kind of uh, overtaken by it. I, I really enjoy a lot of your stuff. I, I didn't know that you were a part of, so. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. I know we, we really put a lot of heart into that one. You know, it was just kind of for the fans, by the fans, the way we kind of made that and uh, really just put, you know, a lot of passion and, um, you know, a lot of hard work into it, but I'm glad that people seem to appreciate it. That means a lot. Thank you. Oh no, <laughs> pleasure's all mine, man. I mean, uh, did, didn't you uh, you did the music on that as well, didn't you? If I'm not mistaken. No, I'm not a musician. I wish I could say that I. Or I the, am. not a um, the composer or, or a director of it or something. I I, I don't know. IMDb is weird sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes they give you credit. <laughs> so yeah, I, I probably was like a music supervisor of some kind. Yeah, they're like I, just put know, his name in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I can't take credit for that one, um, but, uh, but, but great to talk to you guys. Thank you for having me on. I know it's our pleasure, man. I know it is. Um, I know uh, other movies I, I saw, well, of course, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, which huh? man, that, when that, when that first came out, I mean, I don't want to make you feel old or anything. I, I feel like I'm old. I'm, I, I just turned 40, but, uh, when that <laughs> came out, it was, uh, uh, we, we rented that from the uh, something called a video store. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was my first view. A buddy of mine, uh, he was like, hey, the new one's out, you know, and we've got it. And, I mean, I, that is one of the uh, ones I do enjoy, and I can I can actually watch again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't say that for a lot of the Halloween movies. Right, but, uh, right. Well, that, Martin, that one certainly has its, its its fan base, but it certainly has its detractors. You know, it was not the, the the best received of them at the time. Just you know, it had a lot of production problems and studio interference, which is pretty legendary at this point. But um, I'm proud. You know, I'm proud to have been a part of it. I'm proud that I you know had that as one of my very first you know film credits, and really that movie helped launch a career now that's lasted you know well over 20 years. So you know, I'm just eternally grateful that I had that in my life. So, and I'm just glad that a lot of fans have like like yourself, you discovered it, you know, maybe a little bit later after it had, you know, had its theatrical run and all of that. But but um, that it continues to kind of you know to gather new fans over the years that have discovered the film and and sort of like it for what it was. And you know, obviously it feels like a very 90s horror film because it was and and the fact you know it was the last of the series with Donald Pleasant so it was really a tremendous honor to have had him in the film and and then launched awesome. the career of Paul Rudd so <laughs> it's yeah a strange and, and dichotomy to the whole thing you know you, you, a lot of people don't know that Paul Rudd is in that movie <laughs> funny maybe he's maybe he'd be glad that to be glad that if they didn't know that but uh but no no he's always very kind and sweet and then you know i ran into him once or twice over the years and he's just always so gracious and you know it credits me with writing his first film and <laughs> that's awesome so, no, man, anyway that's, he's, he's always really nice about it that's that's fantastic yeah i, I want to get his diet he looks like he has an age right everybody says that yeah he's like the dick clark of uh, our generation he doesn't need <laughs> 
Oh man, no, that, I, I did want to cover that. I know uh, you've uh, interviewed with Mike before, and I, I just uh, again, it's a pleasure uh, talking to you about these things. I know you probably answered these questions a million times before, but oh, it's, it's uh, and I, I figured that you know it's like the movie that just never goes away, and it's I, yeah. I embrace it, and I, I'm honored when people ask hey, me. About why it. not? So it's really not a problem. Awesome. Hey, Mike, you you there? <laughs> I am. Here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did oh, you I'm have sorry. anything you wanted yes, to, my, uh, to mention? Well, no. I was gonna. I was gonna ask about the uh, the upcoming American Boogeyman and Boogie Woman. I mean, I know that uh, you know American Boogeyman is what you're promoting now. That comes out. Um, I think this Friday. It. Oh, that's awesome. Right. Now, yep. I just it's it's weird. I saw there's only a DVD of that available. Is that getting a Blu-ray or no? It's not at this point that I asked the same question. I was kind of, I was kind of mystified. I'm like, why don't I, why aren't they putting it on Blu-ray? But yeah, as far as I am, I understand right now it's DVD and, but it's going to hit most of the streaming platforms all at the same time on Friday, uh, the 3rd of September, which happens to be my birthday. So it's kind of a nice birthday present. Hey. <laughs> um, awesome. So um, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's going to be on all the major, you know, VOD platforms, uh, um, you know, your streamers like Apple and, you know, Amazon Prime, things like that. So you can you can find it pretty much anywhere as of Friday. So uh, and it's called, as you mentioned, Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman uh, stars Chad Michael Murray um, as the uh, horrific, monstrous Ted Bundy that uh, was the certainly like the boogeyman of my childhood um, and uh, just a great cast. And we have Lynn Shay um you know so iconic um in so many Man. roles over the years it's insidious and and i just to name one of her you know long long resume and holland roden who's really familiar to genre fans i think from teen wolf especially she was also oh, wow. in the recent uh escape room sequel uh just a, a month or so ago that that premiered and holland plays um uh like a rookie detective in the seattle police department based on a real woman named kathleen mcchesney who was truly that person. She was this young upstart uh, rookie making her way up through the ranks and just starting her career. And she was brought onto the task force to try to locate this horrific, you know, serial killer. This man, they didn't call them serial killers. No. Men. Um, but, but Ted Bundy, who had been abducting and murdering all these young women around Seattle at the time. Um, and then obviously his crimes moved on to Salt Lake City. Um, and he escaped from jail twice, from custody twice, and then made his way to Florida, uh, to Tallahassee, to the college campus there at Florida State University, where he embarked on a murder spree that is, you know, one of the most horrific things I, I think I've ever delved into. So, um, so the movie kind of covers that part of the story. When he, when he was killing, he'd, he'd already killed several women in, in the Seattle area and moved on to Salt Lake. So it, it kind of covers that, that period where um, he'd already started his his crime spree, and then all the way to the end, uh, where the, he's finally captured and brought to justice. But, but yeah, that, but the movie that, doesn't that, focus oh. so much on you know like the horror of like who was Ted Bundy. Let's you know I didn't really develop him as a character in the sense of you know I didn't get into his you know kind of relationship that he had with this woman for many years and kind of led this bizarre double life. I, I just. I, about his failure as a as a you know a, a law student and and his trial, all of that I feel like has been covered in so many other films and documentaries. Mm -hmm. I just really wanted to focus on Ted Bundy that I know and and remember all too well, and I'm sure everybody of my generation does, and and succeeding generations just 
to portray him as the monster that he truly was. I didn't want to um, glamorize him. I didn't want to make him to be this kind of misunderstood romantic figure. You know, he's he's the monster. And so the story is that as and his victims, um, the ones who survived, the ones who didn't, and certainly the law enforcement um, agents, the, the detective McChesney I'd mentioned, and then, um, you know, a young uh, agent in the FBI, a profiler, before there were such things, but he was starting off on that on that road, uh, Robert Ressler, mm-hmm. who was much later credited with coining the term serial killer. So the movie kind of focuses on those three aspects, you know, for the victims, the law enforcement, and lastly, Ted Bundy, the monster. And see, you know, I, I really am into, and I don't want to say I'm into the serial killer culture. I, I really, I, I'm interested in it that, mm-hmm. you know, I I've seen the documentaries on Ted Bundy. I've seen the mm-hmm. other movies that they've made. I've seen, you know, on all these, uh, monsters, like you say, and, uh, you know, uh, Ted Bundy is just, he's just that he's he reminds me of a chameleon. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like, yeah, he's just kind of like he's blended in to whatever he needs to blend into until, you know, he turns. And I, right. I just think it's, I think it's interesting in his background, you know, uh, how he was raised and everything. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of they, a lot of serial killers, they said that had, you know, uh, brain damage or some sort of head trauma, serious head trauma. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they said anything about him having it. But how he grew up, it was weird. Like it, it messed with him. Somehow. Oh, yeah, I know. It was very weird. And we, we kind of touch on that, you know, in a, in a you know, don't hold into it too much. But, there, you know, Lynn Shea plays his mother in the film and she just does an amazing job of just kind of channeling this really disturbed in her own way i not disturbed in the way she killed that that she killed people <laughs> she didn't but she was just in, in complete denial over the fact that her son was this horrific killer you yeah, know who yeah. had just taken so many lives and 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 ruined so many families and she just couldn't i think maybe it was just too much for her her brain to process and i think she compartmentalized it and she just she saw him as her good innocent loving devoted son you know she didn't she did she just refused to see that he was this horrible you know monster once again so um so the movie and and lynn's character certainly kind of portrays that in a a really eerie kind of off-putting way but you know lynn is so great and such a master at her craft i i just you know it was it was almost like a like a master class, like, like working with her for the short time that we had around this film. Um, we were also one of the very first, if not, I think the very first independent film to be greenlit by SAG to go out and shoot right at the height of the pandemic last summer, in the summer of 2020. Oh, wow. So it was really uh, a new path we were kind of starting. We we're kind of like paving the road for those who follow, <laughs> followed us. Um, and now production is, is back in, in you know, in business for the most part, but we were really the ones testing the waters to see if this new method of working would hold up. And that, and we were, we were very fortunate. We were really, really concerned and very protective of the entire cast and crew. So, and having, you know, something like Lynn there is a much older woman. Um, you know, we just wanted to protect her and make sure she felt safe. And fortunately it all worked out, but, um, yeah, so it was an interesting movie on a number of levels, you know, obviously the subject matter being as dark as it is, but also kind of, we were all feeling kind of very 
you know, nervous and on pins and needles a little bit because we'd never worked like this. And, you know, we'd all kind of come out of hiding, you know, in our, <laughs> in our quarantine bubbles to come out and make this movie. And so I was just so grateful to everybody who participated and, and, you know, lent their talents to this. It, it was not an easy movie to make. No, for sure. Yeah, then, it, it, it threw everybody for a loop, I think. I mean, it's a shame that um, it only got the very limited theatrical release. I really wish, uh, you know, that would have, ex- you know, got expanded, but I guess not. Um, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us tonight. And um, of course, guys, yeah. The film. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we have that. And then, as you mentioned earlier, um, we have a, there's a kind of a companion piece film that I made just after this one called Eileen Warnos American Boogie Woman, which will have yes. a one night theatrical nationwide run on September 20th um, through Fathom Events. You can actually get tickets now. It's fathomevents.com um, for American Boogie Woman. Eileen Warnos American Boogie Woman. It stars Peyton List, who's Awesome from uh, the series Cobra Kai. We have Toby Bell from the Saw franchise. Oh, wow! Uh, great, great cast. It sounds that that sounds very interesting. And uh, I must admit, this the the Ted Bundy American Boogeyman. I will be watching it because, like I said, I'm I'm interested in this subject a lot. And uh, that's awesome. You're doing an Eileen uh, Warnos one as well. And and. Uh, yeah, I, I had fun talking to you. Thanks, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for sir. <laughs> Glad we finally figured out the, the technical snafu. Yeah. <laughs> we got yes, through it. We did. So my pleasure anytime. And uh, thanks again for having me. Thank you.
you can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price and participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii.